and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard, something our guests today know about. <laughs> Our upcoming book is called The Shift, reports from the mystical underground. Trish's new novel, White Crows, will be coming out when, Trish, soon? May 24th. Okay. And I am slowly releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings, and that's going to be speeding up soon. Okay. Okay. Well, introducing our guest today isn't as easy as saying they're the authors of, or the producers of, or that they act in. Earlier this year, Melissa Fordham, who's on here, uh, who used to babysit our daughter when she was a kid, wrote Trish about an experience her cousin, Joe Killian, had. She asked Trish if she would talk with Joe through email. So I said, sure. So it's a synchronicity that she happened to be in South Florida this weekend visiting her parents and didn't know we were having Joe on the show. So I suggested she come up to the house and join us. Uh, Joe, in 2019, had an alien encounter that, in his words, turned his life upside down. He's a retired elementary physical ed teacher from Danbury, Connecticut, where he taught from January 1973 to June 2009 in public schools. He also worked at many restaurants to help supplement his income during those years. That's why he's connected to the place and area where his encounter occurred. Um, Ken Hopkins, I met through LinkedIn, where he'd written, for most of my life, I had no awareness that I was an abductee. The night experiences I thought were dreams. In these, I would visit many places and see the same people many nights after I fell asleep. I thought they were dream people. I could smell, touch them, and have all six senses with them. Some places were cold, some places warm, and other places I couldn't seem to get enough oxygen. So we've invited both guys to talk about their many experiences and invited Melissa to talk about what Joe initially told her. Welcome, Joe, Ken, and Melissa. Welcome. All right. <laughs> Melissa, start with what Joe initially told you and where it happened. Yeah, so um, I believe it was last August, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, um, when our uncle Pete passed away. We were at his funeral in Connecticut. Um, now, I don't see my family in Connecticut all that often. Um, so it was sad to be there, but happy to see, you know, everybody else that was there. And while I was waiting in line to pay my respects, um, Joe, I think he waved, I can't remember exactly, but he waved over at me or, or stopped by and said, I, I need to speak to you. And I thought, oh no, <laughs> what did I do? I haven't seen you in a long time. I couldn't possibly be in trouble at this point. Um, so long story short, I uh, made my way over to him after you know talking to cousins, talking to aunts and uncles on the way. Um, he said, I have got to tell you something. Um, 
apparently, I believe it was on my Facebook page, he had seen something I liked or commented about um, and thought that I knew Whitley Strieber. And I don't, obviously, but I do know of him through you guys. And I probably followed his page. Um, and he said he wanted to get in touch with him because he had this experience. So he told me the story. I'm not going to go into any of those details. I'll let Joe do that. Um, but I said, you know what? I don't know Whitley Strieber, but I do know Rob and Trish and let me put you in contact with them. And I think you guys could probably work something out, get some help, discuss this. They'll put you in touch with people who know a lot about something that you're telling me. So that's really the the short of it. Hey, uh, Ken and, and uh, Joe, you both seem to share bizarre experiences with aliens, UFOs and encounters. Okay, Joe, tell us what happened to you on the night of January 26, 2019. Well, yes, uh, it was at a restaurant over in Croton Falls in Westchester County, New York. And uh, it was a place that I previously worked at and <clears throat> knew everybody over there. I knew all the waiters, the chef, the owners. And I would, you know, not only that, but customers too. And it became a nice place to meet people. And, you know, they call me up all the time and good relationship with everybody. And one night I was over there and it was that day, that night. January 26, you know, 2019. And I had eaten dinner at the back of the bar area. All right. And a lot of the staff goes back there. So that's where I picked that spot. And we were talking and talking. And before you know it, it's closing time. And it was a busy night in the restaurant. Uh, they were kind of pressured and uh, a lot of stress was going on that night, as I recall. And, uh, you know, after I had dinner and everything, uh, uh, I went up and uh, saying goodnight to everybody. Everybody else was closing. Uh, the main dining room had been closed. There was nobody in it. Uh, and the bartender was there. The owner was there. Uh, my uh, two friends, the manager and one of my good friends that was a waiter there. And, uh, you know, I said goodnight to everybody and the owner had left. And, uh, you know, the uh, other two gentlemen, the manager and the waiter had stayed. But the bartender was there and I was talking to him and everything. And the last person that left ahead of me was uh, my former busboy. And he had went out through the kitchen area of the back of the restaurant. And uh, I said goodnight to, you know, uh, Jack, who was a bartender. I walked out and I had a bag of bottles in my hand. They used to joke around. I used to collect the bottles and, uh, uh, you know, they would save them for me and all that stuff. And uh, it got to be kind of a I had him trained well. I told him, yeah, I got like $3,000 worth of bottles here. I'm going to go to Disney World soon, you know, and pretty soon he said, maybe I should start saving them. But it just it was my way of recycling, you know. And uh, so I had the bottles in my left hand. I had my jacket on and my keys. I go out the front door. As I'm on the porch, I hear this rustling sound in the, in the uh, down near the porch area between the shrubbery and the, and the wooden porch. And I, I look over and I see uh, this this figure, all a uh, short figure, kind of stocky, with a hood on his, over his head, which is un, isn't unusual because it's January. It's like about 25 degrees out. And he's he's walking you know, parallel to the porch, and I kind of lose sight of him. Uh, the night was a very dark, hazy night. Uh, it wasn't foggy, but it was thick enough to stop a lot of light. Uh, you really couldn't see anything. And they had shut all the lights off pretty much on the upper part of the building and the lower part, the porch lights were on. 
And uh, I thought, well, geez, this is kind of unusual. There's somebody there. I mean, there was not a customer left. There was no 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 cars in the parking lot other than the SUV that was that was parked next to the uh, staircase that I was going going to be going down. So I thought, well, maybe it's one of the kitchen workers going in there and sneaking a beer, you know, because sometimes they do that. So, you know, I, I didn't really think too much of it. So I walked down around the SUV and uh, I look back and I see this tall figure, uh, about 6'2", six, 6'4", six, and I said, maybe that's the same guy I saw, you know, because he's got a hood over his head and he's lanky and he's tall and his posture was very unique. He was like hunched over at the top. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe it's a, you know, there's, he wasn't a customer because I would have noticed him if he came in and, uh, you know, and nobody else had seen him. And I thought maybe he came from the train station. Uh, it was over in Croton Falls there. The train station isn't too far away. So then I'm thinking, well, he can't be a homeless man. Westchester County, this is a very influent area. I mean, there's, you know, uh, thoroughbred horse ranches and all this around there. And, uh, you know, celebrities, it, it, you don't see any homeless people in this area. So then I said, this is odd. And then uh, he was all in black and his shoes were black. And so as I walked around, he started coming out into where the, 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 the torch lights were. He's on the edge of the grass in the Belgian block. And all of a sudden his pants turned like light brown. He's got brown, dark brown Oxfords on, which are tied off shoelaces. But what struck me, he's got these bright gold grommets where you know eyelets where the shoelaces go in and out and as i'm walking parallel you know i i look up at him and i say hey man where are you going baby just in an upbeat friendly kind of way you know because i figured he was going to the to the uh gas station which was down next to the restaurant and the gas station was still open uh heavy fluorescent lights so it was just radiating from the gas station and there were trees there uh hemlock trees that were evergreens that were blocking, you know, used for a boundary so the lights wouldn't broadcast too much into the parking lot. So the bottom of the lights, the fluorescent lights, would illuminate the part of the uh, parking lot. As, as I'm walking next to this guy, there's a static electricity sound emanating from his his shoes. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really thinking too much about that. It's just kind of, you know, uh, there's like a crackling noise. and And then uh, I said, geez, something's not right. So I kind of veered off to the left. I'm going down the slope of the, the uh, uh, where the parking lot was. And as he gets up past the rampway, which is the handicapped rampway, all of a sudden I see out of the corner of my eye, he gets stretched out. He gets pulled up and broken apart, disembodied. All right. Dismembered. I see to the left, which really was a graphic image, I'll never forget this. His left leg is detached. I see a rip in the sky, almost like somebody drew a knife. And I have this, I'll show you later what, with my drawings that I did. And this folds up from his upper leg to his knee, down through his lower leg to his shoe. And I see the same shoe with the you know golden grommets just fold into it. Underneath on the right side, everything's going up in a fan shape. I look up and I see like, you know, dismembered body parts all fluctuating underneath and these bubble clouds going up. And at the top of the butter, bu bubble clouds, I see these starlights blinking on and off, you know, really white glaring little stars going on and off, on and off, saying, holy cow. 
I look up next and I see these two radiant blue, uh, electric blue streaks of light up in the air coming from a south uh, to a north direction. And then in the middle of this, I see a rectangle. Rectangle is coming, it's about the size of a thumbnail. It's coming directly at me. I look at it, I'm like mesmerized by it. It's red on top, yellow on the bottom, and it's got a robin's egg blue sphere in the lower right-hand corner. It's coming, coming, and when it gets right above me, it topples over, it folds in, into the bubbling clouds, and everything just completely implodes back into like a black hole. Gone. I'm saying, whoa, boy. I go down to my truck, and my bus boy, oddly enough, is coming around in his car. And he rolls his window down. He says, uh, what's going on? I said, did you see what I just saw? Did you see any part of this? No, I didn't see nothing, he goes. I told him what happened. I said, I think I saw a ghost. I think I, the person just completely blew up in front of me, whisked away. I didn't get into too much detail with him on that. And you know, I didn't see nothing, I didn't see nothing. So I throw the bottles in the back of my truck. I open the door, get my truck. I drive up to the front of the building and I park to the other side of the SUV. I roll the passenger side window now because I see the manager and my other good friend who is a waiter there standing on the landing of the porch. So they see me and they come down and they Joe, what are you still doing here? I said, guys, I just saw something. I've never seen in my life before. I, 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 it's just uncanny. It's unbelievable. And I told him, I saw, I think I saw a ghost. And I think this guy went up in the air and he's gone. And, you know, it, it was startling. So obviously the first thing the manager goes, well, Joe, calm down. It's all right. Blah, blah, blah. Come on and have a drink. I don't drink, you know, especially I never got convicted of any DUIs over there. And a lot of other waiters did. And, uh, you know, running the gauntlet on 684, going to 84 is like, uh, you know, they have checks all over the place with the cops. So I told him, I said, this is what happened. I, I said, I'm not making this up. This is, you know, this is just too startling for me. So I spoke to him a little bit. I noticed I calmed down a little bit. I got in my truck. I backed up again and I went home. I got home about half an hour later on my driveway. And I noticed that the moon, like a full moon is coming up and it's breaking through the haze and it's uh, in the lower eastern end of the sky. So I said, I wish this moon was out before. Maybe it would have illuminated things better over there. I go in the house. I'm still shaken by it all. I turn all the lights on. I sit down. And I write 17 pages on these little notepads. Of everything that I saw, I wrote everything down. I didn't want to forget anything. I was up all night. I couldn't go to sleep. You also uh, drew some pictures, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Uh, would you like to see them now? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Ken's right. gonna. Ken's okay. got photos to show us, too. All right. Okay. This, you know, I'm not the best artist in the world anymore. I used to be, but not anymore. This picture here is the best rendition I can come of the tall, thin person who I saw walking. That's pretty good. Did he um, ever make a sound? Only the crackling sound of the static electricity. Like You, you at one point described that as like insectile, didn't you? 
you know, the more I thought it was, you know, this was a religious type of thing in the beginning, a spiritual thing, or the guy going to heaven. But who would go to heaven like this? Unless you went to hell first. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, and, you know, and and this is what it was. But but then the more after, uh, you know, I'll speak a little bit more about that later. I, I was I'm more convinced that this was definitely an alien encounter uh, that I never ever thought I'd be talking about right now to you. Hmm. This is the picture. Let me get it all. I don't know. It's kind of a, I put it on the small board. All right. A good depiction. All right. Can you see? And it? the okay. head too is interesting with this. Well, hood the on. head was, was was draped in a in, a, in the uh, you know the hoodie, and I couldn't really see. I thought in the beginning I could see. I assumed he was a white Caucasian, and I looked to see if I could see the peak of his nose or his cheekbone coming out, and I really couldn't. I can't. I, I could have been. It could have been an empty head. I don't know. You know, but the other thing is, you know, now I thought the the short person who was parallel to the porch that was moving away from me, they, I think I startled him and he moved away. I thought that guy was the same guy, but it wasn't. This guy flew up and blew away. What happened to the little guy? I don't know, you know, if they were two mm -hmm. separate people. And I think now they were, especially after I read Whitley Scribner's book about communion. Uh -huh. And then, you know, I find that the Hudson River Valley is a hotbed of this UFO activity. 65% uh, of the people over there have seen some type of, uh, you know, UFO or UAP or had some kind of encounter. And I, I'll tell you something about that afterwards because in my investigation, I, I, I got a hold of a person who lived in the house and uh, whose brother was there and, and and so forth. And I spoke to him about it. And he's the one that said I was blessed to have seen this. Well, <laughs> sure, you know. But this is when he flew up and blew up to the left of him, this is what it looked like with his wow. leg being dismembered from his body. All right. It was just hanging on the left side of everything. And then when I get my other pictures, you can see maybe how we can get it into context. Ken, have you ever seen anything like that? Not, there's many different ways with the different species they play with technologies. Uh, I'm not familiar with that particular appearance and disappearance. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not familiar with that particular entity. I've been interviewing a lot of people at different special encounters. So, but uh, it's quite a unique experience. And of course the question comes is uh, what was his purpose? What was he visiting for? That's that's what I'm that's what I've been troubled with, you know. <laughs> but but this is another thing, Ken. I, you know, maybe you could help me with this one. When his leg was, I just showed you the picture of the leg. Yeah. Above that, his leg, I see this happen. It's like somebody is on the other side of the atmosphere and draws like a knife or a razor blade and opens up the sky to, wow. above his leg. Can you see this? Yeah. Opens it up, and then the leg hmm. goes through it. Sorry. I rehearsed this before. With his upper leg first, and his knee, and then his shoe. Goes right through it like that. Jeez. Yeah, that's... That pattern of disappearance 
I've seen as if an imaginary line comes through the object and makes it disappear. And, or and it goes it was through. Like somebody was on the other side, like the the, 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 the the hazy night was like a wall, and somebody was on the other side of the wall looking at me and drawing that. And that's mm. how that thing entered into it. Now, this is the other thing. This is my rendition of, it's a smaller oh, of the bubble clouds and the starlights that are going up to the uh, right side of the restaurant. It went up to probably the top of the roof. It's a four-story building up to the top of the roof. Underneath these bubble clouds, all dismembered body parts <sighs> of this alien. Then the blue streaks appear, and then this comes out. It almost looks like a flag. It's a rectangle, and it's soaring at me. The colors of this are of not of this world. They're vibrant, yeah. they're wow. moving, they're textured. It's almost like you could walk into it, fall into it. I thought it was the gateway to heaven. I really did. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's how powerful it was. But this is exactly how it looked. And this is forever tattooed in my brain right now. Almost like a flag. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I put it on Facebook, Ken, and I asked people. I said, has anybody ever seen anything like this before? And I never said what it was. You know? I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and most people answered that they thought it was some flag for a country. Right, right. And yeah. it, it's yeah. Really, yeah. you know, I mean, it, the colors are Ukraine there, you know? Yeah, it does kind of resemble yeah. Ukraine. But, but, it, but this is 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, point. did you Joe, did you hear feel any vibrations or anything while this was happening? You're fairly close to him. I was oh. I was 10 feet next to him and then I veered off to the left and got a little bit farther away. Yeah. I didn't really feel any vibrations. I, I but I the static electricity yeah. sound was was I, I felt that now maybe there was like a little bit of vibration just from from that that hearing the, that electromagnetic frequencies are quite common in the interdimensionals uh, appearance, appearing high levels of electric. Uh, and matter of fact, this has interfered with a lot of my filming, uh, but high electromagnetic fields are developed around these, these uh, what become solid forms. You know, I was wondering, Ken, if, if that was his way of if his communication with me. You know, maybe he was trying to say, keep away from me or go away. <laughs> you know, why did you think it was coming from his shoes? It, it, because it was the, the golden grommets in his shoes that were moving were like a conductor. And it was oh. like when I looked down and these, these short little steps, but they're like scissoring steps. And, and I, I, I feel I hear this, this, this crackling noise. And it, I, my whole focus of my eyes went to his shoes. Yeah, you know, and then you know, I'm looking at it from the standpoint this gas station that's over there it was lit up. I'm wondering if this alien is thinking that maybe that is where he's supposed to be going. Maybe that is that maybe he's thinking that he was disoriented and that was a his landing spot or that was a UFO that was waiting there for him. I'm, I'm thinking of that too. I don't know. It, it was, seems to me he was taking off. He was making an appearance for you. Okay, that's specifically okay. for you. 
you know, and I want to tell you something. And there was nobody else around at that time. No cars on the road. There was nothing going on. The people that didn't come out until later. My busboy, like, was held back. He didn't come around until later, you know. I mean, I was the only one in that. In that and I had no witnesses other than me. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. you know, how do you verify something like this? And I, I had my cell phone in my back pocket, and I'm, I never pulled it out. I, you know, it was just, you know, a, a, my biggest regret in my life right now. Yeah, and, and it's difficult what happens with the cell phones when people try to take pictures. You know, I, I what happens? Come out. Well, we've had batteries explode. Uh, I mean, liquid in the, in the cell phones. Oh, wow. uh, we've had one woman was carrying several tele cell phones with her, and in an abduction, she actually got a picture, and it looked like something in a water world of blue color. Huh. But her other two cameras went dead because <laughs> she was she'd had these things before and she wanted to be ready to capture them this time. Probably just as well I didn't pull it out then. <laughs> Videotaping it, you know. Ken, why? Ken, why do you think you're being followed by the government? What's what's? Uh, the I was involved with the military in my abductions, and and I'll blame that on the Greys, uh, and so. Uh, and there's a military branch that's very advanced technologies, ET technologies, and the Palladians and Greys. Those are the three groups I'm interacting with. Uh, so the government thing I, I wrote about where they witnessed an abduction of me and a young college girl. And that brought in a young, they brought in a young agent to become abducted. And that's what's in the book UFO Girl or in uh -huh. my first publication. Okay. So the government was, the military was very involved. I don't understand how the feds, the federal agencies became involved. Uh, they, at 22, they were setting me up for, to be tortured and eventually killed. And a, a group intervened. A group and, of aliens? Uh, I don't know, they're, they're people. They intervened, the three men involved in setting up the torture, two of them were FDEA agents, the third one, I don't know, but they disappeared. Their bodies were never found. So then, of course, investigations and people started showing up. And that's when I ran into the service. But uh, so that is a lot of government and it continues. It, it's been very stressful on my marriage but I've been taking my energies away from that because uh, it was eight homicides in the 40 years uh, because I want my concentration on the information I'm getting and, and putting my emphasis on sharing that. Do you feel that you're being followed now or? Oh, it's continuous. Uh, the break in, when I went to Africa, they broke into this hour house two hours each of seven days. and a lot of electronics. We located some of the electronics. We're leaving it alone. So uh, it's vehicle, it's air. It's pretty, it, all the phones have federally approved wiretaps. I went with an attorney to try to override it, but the cost was going to be close to 20,000, 15,000. Wow. Uh, huh. So I'm tolerating it. I, I'm letting it, you know, uh, getting my energy off of it. Because it was traumatic for my first wife, 
My second wife is kind of bouncing through that. She's <laughs> finding whatever way to get around it. So she's she's been handling it emotionally a little better than my first wife was able to. But you haven't backed down from what you're doing, though. You, it, they haven't. Uh... No, they were censoring every. They have complete control on the computer. And so if I write anything, it's deleted. Huh. Uh, what I was involved in, they considered top secret, above top secret. So I'm not supposed to talk about it. But I came in, I wasn't debriefed. I came in from the ET side. And so I am interested in getting all the information out that the government is choosing not to get out. So for some reason, they've stopped the deletions just recently. And I haven't figured that out. But now I've been able to write. I had an experience last night in a school, they sent me to a school. Uh, so now I'm writing them on my Facebook, what's happening, and they're not deleting it. Oh, they were deleting off your Facebook too? Deleting no, okay. off my computer. They have complete control of the computer. Uh, so deleting off of uh, Facebook, they shut LinkedIn down. Uh, for many years, I couldn't get anything on LinkedIn. Uh, oh, really? On LinkedIn, you couldn't? No, I couldn't get huh. into it. They blocked me from LinkedIn for a long time. So I kind of gave up on them. But you uh, have been making, uh, been able to make videos though, correct? And post them? I could, uh, uh, I'm doing the videos now, but I needed old camera and old equipment because the new cameras are blowing out and uh, shorting out, shutting off. There's electrical fluctuations occurring in the room that seems to be blowing the cameras. So I found an old camera, but it has to be used with an old TV set. <laughs> and so once I get those films, those videos on that TV set, then I can use a video and record it. So that's, I'm in the process of the videos on the uh, recent abductions in the last year or so. You know, Whitley Strieber recently had a break-in at his apartment and it freaked him out, you know, because he's had, I mean, he's moved a lot over the course of his lifetime, but this recent break in, they also hacked into his website. Um, you know, so you're yeah, not they alone. Have complete. They were in the earlier days before computers were really going, they were stealing all my papers that I was writing about particular incidents. They're getting into my files they're getting to my home. They'll, they've entered my home numerous times with my son hiding upstairs. Uh, they're a pretty organized group. And so I more or less just tolerate them. There's been girlfriends intimidated. There's been several poisonings. Jeez. They're a very aggressive group. Uh, and this is military. I don't know what they are. How about men in black? Uh, two men in black came up on a woman that was with army intelligence, which was interesting because the military has sent several agents or, or they were, they were military and they were looking for information in the course of that 40 years. And I didn't have the information they were looking for. So they never got the information. Uh, so I know the army was involved. The last agent was army intelligence. Huh. Uh, I, the, uh, but the surveillance group, when I went to Africa, they actually showed evidence of being in Africa. 
Hmm. So it may be an international group. I don't know why at 22 they thought I had the information they were going to torture and kill me for. I don't know any <laughs> of the motives on that. Uh, whether it was a time travel, uh, somebody came, time travel was involved in a lot of the, the uh, Greys and the Palladians I'm involved with. Uh, but it's, it's well, very <laughs> complicated. Ken, do you, after listening to Joe's story, do you think Joe was abducted? Uh, I think there was a, an attempt at communication. The missing time thing is usually what I find around the abductions. Uh, and so I, I think there was an attempt to interact. Hmm. Uh, uh, Joe, has anyone approached you that, uh, you know, might be a, a government agent or somebody out of the blue just asking you questions? No, you know, in fact, uh, I know a lot of people over there. I know a lot of cops, detectives that go to the restaurant and uh, I told them about it. And, uh, you know, and I even offered to take a lie detector test. Hmm. Uh, you know, you know, and one of the cops, he's a very close friend of mine. Uh, uh, you know, he uh, said, oh, I believe you, I believe you. And then I found out later, uh, Another really good friend of mine that is uh, owns a restaurant, another restaurant over there, was telling me that he had gone to his place and said, "Do you think Joe's story is true or not?" So he was questioning, even though he told me he believed me, he was questioning uh, my other buddy that owned that restaurant that if he thought I was telling the truth. You know, I've always been a straight shooter. I, I've never BSed anybody, and they I'm known like Poppy Joe over there because I'm the oldest guy that worked there. And, uh, you know, it never would have, it's so out of character for me to come out with something like this, but I don't know of anybody that's ever really, you know, maybe thought that, that it was a high level security risk to have me tagged or followed, you know? Hmm. I found that everybody I've spoken to who's explained their experiences leaving, uh, the levels and dimensions in this whole, uh, Adduction phenomena is tremendous. Uh, it, it's unending. And I've never, in all the interviews I've done, I've never come across a person I felt was making it up. Hmm. Yeah. That the stories are too bizarre. <laughs> but I found most adductees very candid and wanting to share. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing like an informal counseling with talking to people to help them understand what they're experiencing, how to increase their experiences if they That's wish exactly to. how I feel. I feel the same way. You just said, I feel the same way. Then, you know, it helps me uh, share the story. Ask telepathically in a prayer that you'd like to meet this person, this being. And maybe have a companion with you, like Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> the telepathy is phenomenal between contactees and the ETs. I have had a lot of difficulty and I in interpreting them sometimes. Uh, but the telepathic communication to me as a child, I thought was imaginary friends. Ken, can I ask you something? 
The first sure. person I saw when it came down the porch kind of fits in that realm of what you say are the grays. Because this guy was short and sighted. And they all, they, both of them had the hoods over their heads. Yeah. I and haven't they, seen the grays with hoods. Thing, like they were two different entities. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I've seen many different entities or, or ETs. Yeah. They've introduced me to, to quite a few other civilizations of ETs. Ken, if sure. I had gone up to that person and I got close to him and I maybe put my arm on his back or touched him, he was a physical, you know, yeah. uh, would I have been sucked up too into this thing? Or what do you think? I don't think I had a situation where the woman formed in my bathroom. God. She became solid. Then she took me oh. to her bedroom. Uh, and that was my, I, and this normally was happening coming up with the hypnosis, but it wasn't a conscious experience. And so I'm suddenly find myself in her, from my bedroom, in her bedroom, in, a, in an instantaneous trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Uh, and, uh, and, but with the hypnosis, I was able to explain it, describe it. Not, but not really believing it. <laughs> it's weird. Maybe I should be hypnotized. I'm well, I did a lot of work with hypnosis, and we ended up getting into past life hypnosis stuff that I found phenomenal. But I never, I never progressed on the past life stuff. But uh, we, it, I found hypnosis a phenomenal tool with helping people understand it. If your mind is not ready. We were going after a 16-hour missing time period. Three different psychiatrists, all unable to access that 16-hour period. Eventually, when we did, it was very traumatic. Uh, but, but, uh, and that's why I like I like to use a somewhat light hypnosis. And most of the hypnosis that we worked with others, they would come out of it, but not necessarily remember what they just described experiencing. Mm -hmm. And then we had what we called alternates, alternate personalities. And with the Palladians, these played a very big role. So you can be having an experience and wake up never knowing it. Has your son been abducted? Uh, yes. And I and both wives. Uh, and I'm light on talking about them because they're very, right. you know, uh, yeah, she works for the UN, uh, and so their their privacy. But uh -huh. they did put a lot of marks on my wife shortly after I met her, and there was some conflicts the Pleiadians had with my wife. But Jeez. things resolved. I actually have a question for you, Ken. Um, when you were talking about the hypnosis and the past life regression, did were you talking about past life regressions for yourself? And if so. Were you abducted in your past lives as well? Does that come no, up in recurrence? I, don't, I have memory of a lot of the past lives and the deaths. Uh, and I have the only thing that goes back. The Palladians said that I'm a part of their seating of tens of thousands of years ago. So that goes before Atlantis. Right. So they consider as because. I was writing their breeding program as a hybrid program. And they said, no, we're a breeding program. 
we're breeding amongst our own. Hmm. So for somehow they consider those of that seeding, uh, they said I was born into them. So I've not had any past lives with the ETs. So okay. Do you have strange. any? Do you have any uh, recollection of being inside a craft? Yeah, many of okay. being in, in different crafts, and, and it, the Pleiadian crafts was like communities lived on them. You know, children. Uh, How large were they? The crafts. Uh, I only knew them from the inside. Okay. And some of them changed. Uh, the metal changed, structure changed inside. I remember watching an auditorium become a large room, mm -hmm. all the chairs disappearing into the floor. Uh, as a child, they'd, they'd bring me to the ships and I'd watch the people in the ships. They, they had, and this is Pleiadians, and uh, they, they'd be marching them. And I always felt left out because I'm standing there watching them, not participating <laughs> with them. Uh, the gray ships were much smaller. Uh, and then the U.S. military ship was very much like the gray ship. Oh, the U.S. military has a spacecraft? There's one of the groups I'm involved in is an advanced E.T. military group. And I talked to several others that have that same trio. Uh, this advanced ET military group, the Greys and the Pleiadians. There seems to be a cooperation going on with those three. All the military branches in our military are involved with different celestials and are involved with very different motives. There's, there's a, a breakup of... Uh, of working together, of uh, and and the government has the tendency to have been with the darker uh, ETs Those than the which the darker ETs. Oh, the darker ETs. Anunnaki's, uh, reptilians, draconians, uh, and uh, so and the Masons. Uh, Republican Party, uh, there's a, <laughs> I, I hate to throw in, but the agenda. How, how many of them are aliens? <laughs> no, no. When I'm saying Republican Party, the Republican Party reflects the Masons values. Okay. Yeah. The, and, and you'll find the values are the same. Uh, and then the reptilians have the control over the Masons, which historically took place one to 200 years ago. So uh, so the, the reptilians are in a relatively powerful position uh, with the, a lot of the governmental and oversights of the governments on Earth. Uh, and the, the Pleiadians are in conflict with the reptilians. What's the purpose of all this? I mean, where they are taking humans and... I mean, what, what, what's the bottom line? Which one? Yeah, this, uh, you want to talk about the grays? Yeah, pick, take oh. your pick. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, because uh, with the grays, uh, and they're very wise in old species. They've gone through atomic nuclear genetic changing. Uh, 
they're losing the ability to repropagate, to reproduce. So in the Eisenhower administration meeting in 1954, an agreement was made that they would be able to inseminate women and, uh, and then remove the, the infants at a certain age and incubate. So in my second book, I was writing about that, but the book got deleted. We managed to salvage some parts and I may look to publish it, but it, it, I had six encounters of missing time with the Greys in which the girlfriend was implanted with an embryo. Jeez. And so that, that's what uh, In Their Darkness is about because those six women would not have memory that I know of, of that situation. And it was terrifying. When you listen to it in this, a woman in the program in 1975, she could be easily screaming. She's in total terror. It was horrible. But then when I spoke with somebody in 2010, the procedures are totally different and they are more humane. The Palladians had a lot of problems with how the Greys were doing the implants. Uh, but they seem to have found agreement. But the woman that I spoke with in Germany, she discussed how, and she was very close to them to the point of them appearing in her home. And she told them they had completed ships for Earth's evacuations. I've heard of these ships in the underground caverns. Uh, and I, I lost contact with her recently. Uh, but uh, people were being given the choice to leave and the greys are providing a means for them to leave huh. the greys leave for where leave for out of space i mean uh leave earth leave earth basically uh -huh. for other places uh the greys are very attached to the human civilization uh in its continued existence so are the palladians because they consider those from their seedings of tens of thousands of years ago to be Palladians. So they have a strong interest in them, their lives, their souls. Uh, and then all the new ETs coming in, uh, they're all working to raise the frequencies. We operate in very low frequencies on this planet. Yeah. So Ken, uh, what do you think of the idea that the greys are us in the distant future and they're coming back time traveling. Well, the greys I'm involved with are from the future. They made that very clear. Uh, but are they us? I don't. <laughs> or did they seed this planet? I, that's something I'd certainly like to ask. Uh, I don't. The next time you see them, we've got questions from Robin Frisch that <laughs> you could give them. <laughs> most of my experiences with the greys are unconscious. I have to access them through hypnosis. The greys don't directly interact with me. They interact with what I, we've been calling our alternates. They create a self and then they interact with that self. You mean they create an alternate self of you? Yeah. And then they interact. Oh, and the Pleiadians also do that game. And, and different people have different levels of awareness. Some have full awareness of all their experiences with the Pleiadians and Earth, uh, and many don't. Many don't have any memory of what's going on with the Pleiadians. Could Joe's experience have been an encounter with some version of himself? 
I don't like what you're talking about. I don't think so. It, yeah, it, there's many possibilities, but I'm apt to think of it as a separate entity. Mm-hmm. Now, they have done time travel with us. Uh, to the few, because the, the Palladians have made it clear since I was a teenager that they're here to prevent what happens. To prevent what happens? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what they're here for now, to prevent what happens. And what happens? I, they, they, they don't know. Gonna, oh, they don't tell you. Good <laughs> at keeping me ignorant. <laughs> hmm. But I believe they gave me the time zone of 32 years. From when? From now. Oh, from now. Okay. That there's going to be, uh, in the time travel experiences, what we saw, a group of us that I've interviewed, we saw no technologies. We saw the remnants of the technologies on Earth. No running water. Uh, And they were living in what looked like remnants of houses that had rotted roofs. Uh, They were living in cabins. Uh, Very, very simple. Uh, Was it like- Dystopian future. Uh, well, the, it, it's it's not. I know the uh, Incas have talked of five extinctions, but kind of what's coming up. The impression I get, it's not an extinction; it's a restart. Hmm. And they feel positive about what will occur in this restart. the The destruction is coming on. What better period? for a uh, restart and a re uh, a different structure. Our structure is uh, got a lot of holes in it, basically. It's, it's devious, it's misinformation, it's creating falsehoods and false realities in people. Uh, it's about control. Uh, and, and the Pleiadian aspects, uh, they serve God is to serve one another. Uh, the the body is the temple. Violence of the body is the most sacred and, and uh, is the worst of all crimes. Uh, they have a, a very different overall structure. And, I, and just like any matrix, I haven't got much, I can't clarify a lot of it, but I'm trying to. What do the Pleiadians look like? Pretty much like us, usually more attractive, I have to say. <laughs> and they're usually under 30, which I haven't figured out. Can they move uh, between the physical and non-physical realities? Do you know? They can move from their ship to my bedroom. Okay. Well, how do they do that's, that? Uh, <laughs> plasma teleportation, and that's what I have photographs of. So this is what yeah. I think that happened with me. This guy just came out of thin air, nowhere. And, and yeah, nowhere. well, that's what and the electrical... Yeah. That's what the electrical exactly was telling me. Because in order them to take plasma teleportation is matter turning into energy, and then it's moved as energy, and then it becomes matter when it forms. And I have pictures of the process that we've filmed. Can uh, you show those? Yeah, sure. Because maybe that's what your experience was, Joe. Yeah, you know, I think you know. The- 
when this guy got uh, taken up and he was dismembered and I saw the little starlight. Yeah. Okay, here's... That's what happened. This is plasma teleportation. This person is returning to this room and will become a solid form, just like you and me. And is that a photograph? Yeah, these are done... These are filmed during abductions. Is the figure in the middle, that's that's going to be the human, the solid human? Yeah, that's plasma. And unfortunately, it's so bright, the camp, we had to dim to get the image. But this will become a person's body. And so that woman that came into my bathroom started out like this. Uh, And then... Uh, who took who took the photos i used security cameras okay and that was a lot of work finding the security camera that would be able to record because most all the security cameras shut off to the electromagnetic fields Hmm. so joe even if you'd had your cell phone out it may not have captured yeah this is what (laughs) yeah after teleportation, this remains in the room. The, the film continues doing distortions. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when the person returns, these are just pictures of the distortions. That looks like droplets of plasma, is that? Or- uh, I Somebody was telling me, water vapor, this is probably the most... Uh, prominent one. I I don't really know what it is, but the fact that it remains that way when I'm gone, uh. and then it returns back to normal. What was the object in that? Yeah, that's last what I was going to ask. That's a lamp. <laughs> oh, a lamp. Okay. okay. <laughs> By the side of the bed. Uh. So these are these are just some more. So until I return, this is what's going on in the in the bedroom. Jeez. On the security camera, on this one, uh, the bush. Now we got to record it. Here's another returning. Hmm. Uh, there's but there, we found three different patterns in returning, so three different electromagnetic. Uh, is that the lamp again? There, yeah, because uh-huh. that's the side of the bed, that's where we set the camera, that's where I disappear. Hmm. So the original picture I showed you, uh, that's in, in right. the same place. So uh, so now I got this video. So now I got to find a way to take old technology. And there's another picture. Uh, that showed the phases. It showed it pictures across four seconds, a a series of stills. Now we all, also the other, yeah, I can't find that one. (laughs) Hope I might find it later. (laughs) Oh yeah, this is it. No. This is this is another process where the person becomes two people. My God. 
the Bushnell camera was able to pick a lot of things, people walking through walls. And so there's a lot of videos. I got thousands that I haven't fully, uh, but uh, as you can see, he becomes two people and then one leaves. Huh. And we got a woman, we photographed her other self. One self was left in her bed and she's walking around her house. And the other is that self, like an etheric body or is it a? No, it's uh, it's a physical body. It, huh. it splits into two physical bodies because in the picture he's affecting the sheets. Hmm. And so a friend has got an explanation for that that I haven't had a chance. She's She's been moving around. This is an orb. Uh, and these we found in most, in the, in the three houses we were filming in, we found these in some room of the house. Hmm. And uh, they also, with the Bushnell cam, a similar object, as you saw in that one I just showed, uh, that will take oh, yeah. over the person's uh, image. So the Bushnell couldn't do the plasma, it would explode the batteries. Uh, but so now I got to set up with the Bushnell plugged in. And so you have to use AC if you're filming. Uh, the other images were from that I wanted to show were from a seance communication with ETs. And uh, they sent us images in the seance format. We were not able to understand one another. They were using clicking and static sounds are coming through the iPad. The iPad became our medium for communicating with these entities. So, Joe, that might be like what you heard. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So these are some of the images they projected to us in holograms. Huh. They start out with white. <clears throat> then they progressed. These are some more white ones. And then they progressed to different images. They went into color images. Wow. And so, but what we learned from this experience, I don't like the CE5 initiative at all. Uh, what is the CE5? It's standing out trying to get abducted outside. Oh. <laughs> and uh, a lot of information has been removed from the internet when I was researching in 2003. Uh, the fact that we are selling humans for them to eat. The eyes, the mouth, the, the mucous membranes, the ETs loved. Ooh. Germany and the Americans were selling humans to the ETs for, to eat these. And then at the same time, bodies were being found, missing eyes, rectum, mouth. Uh, so that's there's like, a lot like of reasons I don't like the CE5. Yeah. So the method that is best is uh, these are just some more images? Is seance setup, uh, and so the Pleiadians have been pushing me to do that. 
So when they eat humans, that's like, remember how there were all these dissected cows that were found at one time? Yeah. Cattle mutations. Yeah, cat cattle mutations. Cattle mutilations, yeah. Mutilations. Yeah, that mutation. <laughs> which, which ones are eating humans? Uh, and not there were there were many different groups involved in these underground caverns that the military was involved in. Uh, I'm not sure which group was enjoying the mucous membranes. Oh God! Uh, but it was a popular delicacy for them. Uh, a lot of people felt the military and the government chose to deal with the worst of the ETs. They wanted their technologies. They wanted their, uh, so, you know, just the fact that they, well, Eisenhower didn't feel there was a choice with the Greys and the hybrid program. As he said, we have no control over what they can do. Um, the Greys have, of all the ones I've been familiar, have the most advanced technologies. The Pleiadians are pretty advanced as well. Ken, what do you think of the current uh, congressional investigation into UFO alien contact? Uh, I'm having a problem with the fixation on UFOs. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're way beyond that. Mm. The military is way beyond that. NASA's way beyond that. NASA's talking to... Uh, I've had people describe NASA emblems when they're being abducted. So, so I have a problem. It's like, let's get into what the interactions are, what they're sharing with man. Mm -hmm. I feel what they're sharing with man is very good. And I, I think it would counter a lot of the negativity. They're working from an area of love and compassion <clears throat> versus an area of fear. Uh, so I'm, uh, so I'm kind of sick of you know are UFOs real? <laughs> yeah, come sort of beside the point. The other thing with CE five, in most of us in our abductions, we don't see a UFO. When the Greys have abducted me, the military has responded with helicopters because the Greys, in order to take you, have to make appearance. And they usually make a very brief appearance before they disappear. But to take you, they have to make an appearance. So that means they show up on radar, they show up, and then the military will send a helicopter or something to respond. Hmm. And then they're usually gone by the time the helicopter arrives. And then when they bring the person back, they, they drop them off a number of different ways. And what are you working on now? What, what's your current project? Uh, well, there's a publisher is interested in two of my books, uh, one that I couldn't pu get published. So I'm working offline on a laptop. Uh, and then what I'm also working to do is to do the video work, because I think the video is going to make the pictures look more explanatory. Everybody's pictures of the ETs do not look like evidence. They're messed up. Uh, because of the electromagnetic uh, frequency and the levels are very high. So uh, I think we need to be looking at their messages and not looking at are they real or not real. Mm -hmm. right. So that's why I've been a little frustrated with the UFOs. I've had maybe three sightings in my life, oh. yet I've had thousands, thousands of abductions. Joe. 
how has your experience changed your life? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, I think about it all the time. Um, you know, morning, noon, and night. Uh, some nights I, 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 as Trish knows, some of my emails come in at two or three o'clock in the morning to her because I'm up all night and I'll go to bed three, four o'clock in the morning because I, I have trouble going to sleep. So um, understandably, you need yeah. to find resolution with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm searching. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. communicate to see if you can communicate to it. Okay. You got a picture of it. In telepathy, pictures can be quite helpful. See, what is the reason this guy appeared to me? Like, you know, it seems like he just came together through, you know, teleportation, whatever. And he was there, and, and you know, but he seemed like he wanted to get away from me. You know, he was moving away. <laughs> Even when I said, hey, man, where you go, baby? It's, it's incomplete. Yeah. yeah. You think he'll come back? I think if you ask... He might go outside at night. Can I look up at the stars? And I do that. Yeah. You know, I look Keep I doing look it. in an area. Yeah. Where or, you fields. can do it in your bedroom with his picture. Uh, you mean the picture he drew? Yeah, the picture uh -huh. should be true. Is it a good idea? <laughs> I don't think it, it's going it's going to mean it, what did you feel? This is a question I asked a lot. How did when he was there? Were you threatened? No. Were you fearful? No, I thought he was a regular person. You know, yeah. I, I, you, you felt know. calm. You felt calm with him. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and okay. the only time I figured something wasn't right when I was walking side by side, and I, I got that static electricity sound was yeah. emanating from his shoes, not from his mouth or anything else. It was, it was like like an electric. Yeah, I think it had to do with the gold. Walking. Yeah, the gold in his shoes. You know, the other thing, Ken, I want to bring up uh, is, is the fact that there was no snow on the ground, which is unusual for the, up here at that time of the year. Uh, it snowed probably like a week later. But in a way, I, I kind of wish there was snow because then maybe I could have seen if there were footprints. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you need to look for proof. Yeah. No, I do. I saw it. I, I'm, I'm uh, and, 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 and the technology threw my mental state into confusion. Yeah. Uh the appearing from one place to another place that particularly lost me. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a person when we were doing hypnosis, there was a personality that called itself 21, which handled the transitions. Huh. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Joe, start asking. Yeah. Okay. We've yeah, come to the, we've yeah, come yeah. to the end of our, whoops. Okay. Yeah, we've come to the end of our hour. Um, okay. And on a thing, the way we know it is because our dog comes our in. Our dogs panting. get up, and our, our, <laughs> we got a, I got a golden retriever right next to me. He was sleeping the entire hour. The last 30 seconds, he got up and walked over to me. <laughs> we have foxes in my backyard that do the same. Oh, I love <laughs> your videos. I love your videos of those foxes. Oh, yeah. I want to thank both of you for yeah, coming. Yeah, this was on. fascinating. We'd like to have you both back on at some point. I'm looking to do a lot of public. So you okay. can have me as many times as you want. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah, let us know much. when your book what, let us know about the status of your book too. Yeah. The okay. the first one sold 32,000, but the government was blocking it. Huh. Uh, you can buy it, you can order it, but you weren't getting it. And then when I was sending them, they were disappearing. Oh, interesting. And I should have used another address other than my own address. 
I've been dealing with mail interceptions. So okay. if I was smart, I would have used another address on that book. <laughs> but then eventually it was allowed and it was published and it was allowed to circulate. Hmm. And, and Ken, do you have a website or a, uh, or social media? Uh, I, I've been doing a lot with Facebook. Okay. Uh, and I actually Joe, how about you, you look for. I, I have really haven't been doing too much other than, you know, people come up to me and, and you know, it will somehow get on the subject. Uh, I, I don't really go out too much out of my way anymore talking about it. Mm-hmm. But people have heard about it and they'll come up and ask me and, you know, I'll tell them. I'll tell them everything. It, it helps me to tell the story. Yeah, okay. it's unfinished. It's it, yeah, it it's does sound unfinished. unfinished. Yeah, well, so go for finishing that encounter. Yeah. The fact that you felt the ease, the felt you didn't feel the negative energies, is what we pretty much go by. Because yeah. the experiences with the reptilians are horrible. Yeah. Uh, and those are the lower frequencies. Right. But yeah, reach reach back with that picture. Envision think, that picture. You think those streaks in the air that I saw way up above, you know, like almost like at a 90 degree angle that came out when that, that flag picture came out? The red yeah, was, I, I have like a picture of an part? interdimensional gate. It was like, yeah, exactly. It's I have not- pictures of one opening and closing. Okay. But those are not with this group of pictures. You guys should stay in touch. Uh, when I oh. sent you all the link, you have each other's email yeah. address now. Yeah. I okay. have so many yeah. more questions to ask, and I know the time has kind of expired. But, <laughs> you know, <I'll> you. <laughs> we really appreciate so, both of you coming thank on. Thank you guys for coming on. It's I all good stuff. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.